welcome to Should I Just Quit My Job. I'm Marisela Herrera and I'm your host and I am so happy you're here. Happy New Year. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been a month since 2024 began, but I am certain that January is just a bonus month. I, for many years now, have subscribed to that mentality of January is that month where we start getting ready to really show up. And I don't know if it's because usually I spend New Year Eve and the first week of January in El Salvador. And so when I get back to New York, to my normal life, it is about catching up with people who I haven't seen. It is about getting back to a routine, which is not usually that easy. And it might also just be because of winter and how much I hate the cold. But January feels like I slowly start coming out of this haze. So I guess what I'm saying is if you had a slow sleepy January, that's okay. We can start fresh. And you know, it's already February. So why not start now? Anyway, I'm not going to take a long time. I already did, I guess take a long time in this intro. But I want to get to the episode pretty quickly because this is part two of the special two-part episode I did with Christy Wallace. Christy and I worked together for many years at Elevate Network. She was the CEO, and then she left, and I became the CEO, and then I left, and that was, you know, the big role I quit that brought me to this journey of reinvention. If you haven't listened to part one, I hope you do. Go back and listen. You'll understand a lot more of the second part if you do. But if you don't, I mean, you still will get some value out of this. But in last week's episode, we talk a lot about Christie's career before we started working together. In this episode, we go deeper into both of our decisions to leave a job we loved and mostly, we talk about what's happened after. So we talk about how Christy has dealt with this time of uncertainty after she left the role at Elevate and what she's been doing since. Talk a lot about self-care and self-compassion, about letting go, moving forward, and asking for help. Because we all need it every once in a while. And... We have to be open to asking and open to receiving it. I hope you enjoy the second part of the conversation. I absolutely loved talking to Christy and not just reminiscing about the past, but also talking about the future and what it can bring. Hope you enjoy the conversation. See you next time. COVID happened company survived. Things were rough. You already knew that deep down you wanted to leave. But at what point did you decide really to, you know, I'm going to put myself first? It, it was a couple different things. So at this point, 
there, there were a few things I knew. I knew that I uh, was completely burnt out after you know my experiences during COVID and and beforehand, uh, and and needed, as you said, to to really focus on myself. I also knew that within my role, which I'd been in for a number of years, I had hit my peak. I wasn't learning. I wasn't growing. And that's something in my value system that's really important to me is that curiosity, that ongoing learning. I want to be challenged. I'm not ready to phone it in in any way. And so as I was thinking about what was next, there were a few opportunities. I mean, I could obviously leave the organization, find the next step. Wasn't clear what that was going to be, but ready to take that on. Or there was an opportunity to have a more vested interest within the organization. And that was something that I had wanted for a while. Um, I was running a business, but there were two individuals who owned that business. And they were both doing separate work. And so, you know, I really felt that and and that was validated through the owner's uh, feedback that I you know, took this from pretty much a startup and I grew the business. I was responsible for the strategy, the development, the vision, the team, the customer, the product, the whole soup to nuts. During COVID, an opportunity did come about for me to become an owner of the business. And that happened because one of the owners, the primary owner in the business, was building her own company and really wanted to focus on that and was ready to step away from Elevate. Um, and we had negotiated an agreement for me to acquire the business from her. During this, I'm talking to the other owner about it. And, you know, she's validating, yes, you're great. You're doing great work. Yes, this makes sense. And then when it finally came to pass, um, the secondary owner said, actually, this is a great deal. You know, through the operating agreement, I have a right to first dibs at this deal, and I'm going to take it. Um, I've seen what you've built here. It's a great business. How could I turn that down? And that was her right um, to do that. But obviously, it was very hard for me because we had gone through all these levels of negotiation. We'd gotten to this point. I had seen my path, my future as you know, being an owner of a business and and growing that and growing something that I cared deeply about and was having an impact. And so it was, you know, personally, you know, very jarring. So at the end of the day, I left um, because, you know, and, and the the partner who acquired the full business, you know, obviously she wanted me to be involved and made me a couple offers for me to stay engaged. But at that point, you know, you really have to think about what matters to you and, and what your values are and what you need to thrive and succeed. And so I made that hard decision to leave. And, you know, for a multitude of reasons, but that was definitely kind of the proverbial nail in the coffin, if you will. Hmm. And it was, it's hard, you know, it's hard to buy into this vision of what the future can be and have that, you know, rug pulled out from under you. But after some time, many months, and, and kind of reflection, you know, it, it made me stronger. I think yeah. it'll make me a better leader, better manager, better business person. It's made me have a deeper understanding of myself um, because I've had to do a lot of self-work and reflection to kind of go through this period and come out on in a different place. 
Um, and that's, I'm thankful for those things. Thank you for sharing that and for being so open and honest. Because I know that being in such a situation can really fuck with your mind. It it does mess with your mind a lot and on many levels because, you know, during the time, first I'm being hard on myself. Um, why did I stay so long? Did I not see the writing on the wall? You know, what's wrong with me? There's a lot of vulnerability in a situation like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think particularly as a leader and a public-facing one, I didn't want to show that vulnerability in that way. Um, I can be vulnerable for so many things, but this was still something I was grappling with. And, you know, leaving any organization is hard. I mean, it, in general, right, if it's, if it's a good organization and a good team and you like what you're doing, you always struggle with, is this the right time? Is it time to go? Um, and so there was a lot of, like, confidence and emotion and then I think the hardest thing about it was a little bit just the matter of fact nature of it which was you know it was just I think focused a lot on the business and the legal aspect of it and less on the human aspect of it you know what I might have been going through and I just felt really gaslit and just Mm -hmm. kind of invalidated for being frustrated um, with that outcome. And that happens to us so often in business. You know? yep. I mean, over the smallest things, you know, maybe you're left out of a meeting or, mm -hmm. or you know, someone else is given credit and you call it out maybe or someone else calls it out on your behalf and it's like, oh, what are you making a big deal about? I think we we are so used to hearing that not, it's not personal it's business but business is personal I mean, business is personal that, it's business is personal it's about relationships it is but you also you cannot say that it's business it's not personal when at the same time you're like and i would like you to dedicate your entire life to my company and work you know 24 7 and make us a top priority and you know put your family right. aside and all of these things but it's not personal it's just right you know and so you can't have it both ways you know and right. companies don't and managers and, and leaders like they don't see that we're human you know we've talked about this before you and i of this aspect of when when the the actions and words don't match right and even in situations because i know that we went through situations like that um when we used to work together where we might have not have the financial capacity because the situations with the business to, for example, give people the level of raise that they might have deserved because of awesome work that they've been doing. But like looking at everything back in hindsight, like the, the, there is a psychological tool there for people who are hearing one thing like, you are great. You're doing a great job. And I think that's why transparency matters so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that we used to do a very good job of that. Because if you say to someone, you're great, you're great, you're great, but you're not then backing it up with, and here is, you know, how we're recognizing that. It can be very hard. Yeah, it's, it's like mixed signals, you know, and that's, 
that leads to a lot of disillusionment, right? And a lot of like, am I, like, what is wrong with me? Why am I, I thought I was doing good, but then this happened. Um, and yeah, and, and also there is the challenge too, where you might not, you may be working for a place who does value your time and your effort, but is still unable to pay you, you know, what you're worth, what you perceive yourself to be worth. And that, that comes can, I mean, businesses can address that, right? You can mm -hmm. modify someone's hours and say, okay, well, if I, you know, you work four hours or four, day, four days a week and, you know, or That's what we did. <laughs> can give, you know, other training, other benefits, other mentoring, other opportunities. I mean, there's so much that a business can do um, to, you know, show an employee that they're valued to reward their work and within the confines of what they're able to do, you know, but even yeah. the pay transparency and I agree. And I think it's a really important step forward is still has lots to go. I mean, as someone who's looking at jobs and you look at the pay range and I'm like, this is such a massive range. Like I can't imagine how anybody is able, you know, internally within an organization is able to understand and really benchmark themselves. Yeah. I mean, but it's something, it's something, at least the starting point versus going in blind where they're saying, well, how much would you like to make? And it's like, well, how much would you like to pay me? Uh, <laughs> that, that little dance. <laughs> the worst question. And I don't know. I mean, employees are the, Best asset of a business. And until we really have an employee first mindset, mm -hmm. you know, you're you're gonna continue to struggle as an organization. When I said transparency, just to clarify, I fully agree that pay transparency is a step forward and there's a lot to go. Like both are true, right? Mm -hmm. What I meant was we were very transparent with where the business was with our team. Mm -hmm. Like they were very always very aware of what our capacity was to do or not do certain things um which i think is also very important and i think if you care about people that you work with which we did it's like when you care about someone a friend or whatever it is your family like you want to be honest and in business it's the same way I think again we go back the personal is professional in a way mm -hmm. anyway so it was really hard for you to understandably make the decision and leave and it's been it's been a little bit like you said before at that point COVID had passed you had spent a long time kind of giving everything and not receiving anything and not taking care of yourself. Once you left Elevate, how did you start processing it? Because it's a mass, like it was a massive change. And I think like at that point, you you probably just needed a rest and being to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, I processed it by put like throwing myself into basically like my own hell of okay now you need to you know like 
get in shape and meditate every day and read a book and like do all this stuff and it, like made a non-paid job of self-improvement for myself did some like manifestation challenge i mean i signed up for you name it i, I... is it the gabby bernstein one because yeah. i did that at some point it actually was good <laughs> you know and i spent so much time just saying i kind of like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine but like still like was not fine um i took a lot of really interesting exercises like writing things on paper and burning them and, mm. you know talk to some coaches um I think ultimately it's it's time and I just had to let it go and that's not easy for me ask my husband I hold on to things I do like we'll get in a fight and I'll like bring up something that happened 17 years ago and he's like are you kidding me you know um <laughs> like I like hold on to the anger and like pit my stomach uh, my chest um but no I just like yeah it, it was a it was a lesson learned Right. Every step of my career, every job, every person I've worked with, everything I've learned is like things that have gotten to me where to where I am today. And so I don't regret it. Like it it just is what it is. And like my years at Elevate, you know, for the most part were amazing. You know, and like we've said, like yeah. amazing team, amazing work. Like we like oof, we we really it was great for a long time. Yeah, we did so, some amazing things. Yeah, but like so I let that go, but then Kind of back to our earlier part of our conversation, and the big question is like, well, what's next? Mm -hmm. Right? And it's it's nuanced and it's hard. It's really hard for me because, again, I'm like, hey, do I want a bigger company? Like, what is growth? I'm like, I want to grow. So, like, is that a bigger PL? Is that a bigger company? Like, what what does that look like? And I mean, to be frank, like for a CEO, one of the challenges is that. If I say, okay, I want to work for a bigger company size, could be COO, CRO, CEO. I mean, I've done all those roles, um, like a bigger PL or um, employee size. They're not really interested in you because at that point, that's of senior leadership, they want somebody who's built a company to where aspirationally they want to go. So if they're a $100 million company, they're like, well, we're looking for CEOs that have taken a $100 million company to a $250 million company because that's the person we want because they know how to do it. So we want to bring them. Or if you say, all right, well, then I want to work for an, a company in a different business model, different industry. Well, they're like, no, we want a CEO with deep institutional knowledge about our you know, type of product, industry, customer. So you're almost like pigeonholed into like what you've done and for me i'm like i want to do other stuff like i want to have fun with this so that's been a little bit hard um to like sort of figure out where and it's a journey because i think we all start with like i could do anything and you know you need to narrow it down and the only way to do it is just by like over time process of elimination and like my career path similar to yours it's not like okay i was an accountant and then i was an accountant and then I was a senior accountant, and then I was a partner in accounting, and like then I'm going to be CFO. Like it wasn't as linear; it was yeah. very all over the place, like the Sheryl Sandberg Jungle Gym or whatever she says about it. So, I have probably given career advice to three, five hundred people. I mean, so many people, right? I mean, I used to talk about this at, at conferences. I used to do one-on-one -on -one meetings, and I'm like, you just 
you know, it's going to be through your network. And that's true. Every job I've gotten is through my network. And you just have to reach out to people and tell them what you need and, you know, follow up with them. Um, be explicit. You know, don't just be like, I'm looking for a job in marketing. Like, tell them, like, be explicit. You know, put in the work. Look at their LinkedIn. See where they're connected to. Be like, can you connect me to these five people? Like, there's a framework for it. And it works. And I haven't done that. And I don't know why. You know, it's in part because I... I'm still struggling with like coming to terms with what it is without feeling like I'm compromising too much. I what it is that you want to do next that you're doing next. I don't know because like I right. want like something that's a big challenge, like a bigger company or you know a different industry, you know. But like that's still very undefined. I really want to work with good people. Like at the mm -hmm. end of the day, the thing that will make or break your success and your happiness in your career is the people you work alongside of. And it's hard to say that because we have different value systems and definitions. But like to say to people, like, if you just know someone great, can you connect me? Like, and that's who I want to work with. So like, that's a challenge. And there's a level of vulnerability that I'm really grasping with because as much as all the people in my network have had no problem reaching out to me and have always responded in kind, like to reach out to these people and say, okay, I need your help. Like I need a job. And I, yes, I haven't like, I mean, I've been doing consulting and a bunch of other things, but it's like really like I haven't worked in a year. Like it feels, and I don't know why this is, because if someone came to me and said the exact same thing, I'd be like, okay, cool, let's get you a job, you know? But, like, I, for some reason, have just, like, not physically been able to send the email and to ask people for help. Because I think you need to reframe what you just said, that you haven't worked in a year, because you've worked in a year. You... You just said, like, I haven't worked in a year, but that's not true. You've been doing consulting. You haven't had a nine to five yeah. in a year, which is very different from not having worked. You've done stuff. And also, you honestly took some time that you very much needed, even if you went all the way into your type A in self-care. Yep. But you've done a lot of stuff. And I think you needed that break. So you have to reframe that, I think. The, like, idea of, I haven't worked. And it's interesting that you, because I don't consider you someone that has ever had trouble with vulnerability. Um, and it's very interesting that you're thinking of it that way now when it comes to asking for support with what you're doing next. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm very good at vulnerability when it comes to being transparent and real and honest about my lived experiences, um, about, you know, situations that I've gone through. I think I'm not good with vulnerability when it comes to asking for help. Yeah, no, that's true. I can see that. You know, because, again, it's like you're supposed to have it all figured out. No one has anything figured well, out. Well, that's kind of the way it feels. Like, I... I can figure out how to get on the board, how to be the thought leader, how to run a company, you know, like I'm, I've always been able to do it. 
And so now I don't know how to do it. And it's weird to, and and I'm like, I'm, you know me, I'm like all in my head about it because I'm like, I'm a very seasoned professional. I've been working for 25 years. Like I should be able, I should be able to get the next role. And, you know, all the people calling recruiters and companies, it's all like very similar to what I was doing before. Which, again, like, I kind of wanted to do something different. And, like, after my experience from before, I don't know if that type of work will be meaningful to me. I don't think I could go back into the same type yeah. of work. So, it's a great privilege to be in a space, you know, after working for 25 years, and I'm, you know, what, 46, so I probably have another, what, 15, say, to go, you know, to be like, I have this whole other chapter of my life, this whole opportunity to do whatever I want to do, to find something inspiring, to, you know, build a team, build a company. I mean, it's magic. Like, that's magic. And it's just, you know, figuring out what that right thing is. I'm not going to know if I'm hiding and not reaching out to people and not having conversations. Um, And yeah, like we quit our jobs and and there's no shame in that. There's there's beauty and like giving yourself that space and like walking away from a situation that's not working for you. But um it's also knowing that you're surrounded by people who want to support you and mm. opening yourself up to that because it's so easy to kind of shrink down and stay inside. And um, that's okay for a while, but, you know, ultimately you need to like bloom again. Did you have in your mind, like, I'm going to take X amount of time off? I think, I think initially I thought it was like six months. But 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 you knew you had you knew you needed that yeah some space. yeah I left like right in the summer and you know my parents lived at the shore and stuff and my sister's a teacher so I was like I'm gonna like have this summer I've wanted since I was in college uh, it didn't like quite happen but um, it was still you know it was great to be home but like again I just kept like I couldn't lean into myself the way I wanted to because I was still spending so much time trying to perfect and you know be the perfect model of self-care and so it was like every day it was like so stressful so I was like Christy you didn't meditate today you know like you're failure you're failure you can't even like meditate which is like my own issue but um I uh yeah so but but I need him more and like people I have talked to about this where like I can't believe it's been this long they're like you took what you needed Right, you listen to yourself whether you realize it or not, and you took what you needed, and and I did. And like something else that I'm I'm struggling with, and this is sort of back to when I first left Vault and I had been, um, is that during the pandemic, um, I, I mentioned like all these roles I took on in the family, and my kids grew up a lot during that time right now I have a fourth grader and a fifth grader and a freshman in high school and 
they are playing sports and the practices start at 4.30 and they've got, you know, homework and needs and, you know, want to talk and hang out and just like cuddle on the couch every night. And, and we have now like their, what they remember from us all being like in a house together for like two years um, during the pandemic and spending every moment together and from me working remote when I had a type of flexibility was that I was always there. So, but so it's hard because it's hard. It also feels very um, conflict because it's not an honor to be with my kids, but like I'm desperate to, you know, figure out what I want to do next professionally, you know, but it's, could be at the expense to them depending on the role and what that is and like things will change and change isn't bad and we'll figure out the structures to you know make it work but in some ways I don't think I've fully appreciated the time I've had because I've spent so much time focusing on the stigma or like not stigma that's the wrong word for it but like focusing on the oh I'm not working I'm like a stay at home right now which again, like I'm not, it comes off as if I'm being judgmental of that and I'm not, it's just not like how I envisioned my life. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's judgmental. I asked you that question earlier, right? Like, did you ever at any point in your life think I'm going to, you know, be a stay at home mom? It was just not on, not something that you had in your plans. No. And so then the question, now is like am I once again sacrificing myself or like putting everyone before myself you know like have I did I leave so that I could prioritize myself to now be back in a situation where I'm not prioritizing myself still not prioritizing my health well-being and my you know professional uh growth um you know my self-sabotaging or am I just taking the space and time I need Right. And I don't who has the answer to that? Like nobody. Right. You can make it whatever you want it to be. Um, But times of change and transition and not knowing, you know, uncertainty, like they're hard. It gets so hard to have this great unknown for you and to not know like which path you're going to take, you know, it can be such a exciting thing to have so much open. I was talking to someone else who was also in, in a big moment of career transition, like also left her job. And we're saying like it's it kind of also sucks because there's so many options. Like there's so many things where you could be spending your time, whether there is like looking for a job in this area or spending time with your kids or, you know, nesting which is what I've been doing for the last five months like there's so many options out there that how do you know that you are putting your time and effort in a way that it serves you or that like you were saying or are you just hiding or are you doing something that's not and I don't know how you tell I think the only way you know that is by knowing like by listening to how you are feeling with the different things you're doing yeah i mean i just get in my own way sometimes you know how we all do 
it's like I don't appreciate what I have because I'm so fixated on what I think I want, what I think where I think I should be, right? And I am so fixated right now on, you know, what's next for me. And yet, like, I'm just not moving that forward and I don't know why and I'm you know like defining myself I think not in the right way about what I'm doing you know like I, like I was like I'm not working like you're right I am working I have been doing star work and like on boards and advising and consulting and doing all kinds of things but it just like I I don't know I mean I just like don't know who I am anymore like I don't know how to identify with myself or to value myself um and to value the opportunities I have to you know be present with my family to work with a bunch of different companies to continue to cultivate and nurture relationships like this I mean really lucky and but that is always overshadowed by this like but I don't know who I am professionally and I can't envision it. And so I feel very lost, you know, and maybe it's easy to blame all these other things for why I haven't, you know, really pursued that next role. But I think it, I think it's kind of, it's like you said, like you'll know it when you know it and everything I've ever done has come at the right time. Yeah. You know, and it's comes through someone in my network and it's, you know, so I do believe like, and this is Gabby Bernstein, like you can't force the universe. Like it's, it's working for you and it's kind of trusting in that. Um, but it's also hard to not be creating the momentum and being like complacent in that process. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, Marisola. You are doing a lot, and you're, and that's true about the universe. It's working around you. I, I have the same issue. Um, I have to like someone else has to say it to me because I don't understand. Like I, like I would tell my therapist, I know it here. I don't know it here. Like it's very, there's a lot of things where like intellectually, I think, I agree. Putting that like actually living it it's really hard yeah and i think there was this there's glennon doyle says this a lot and i'm i'm a huge glennon doyle fan and she she says you know sometimes we're just shooting all over ourselves like i shouldn't be doing this or like i should who says what anyone should be doing like should you be looking for anything else? Should you be enjoying? Concerts? I don't know. I mean, we lose. I think we really lose touch with ourselves when we when we do that, right? And um, because again, you're defining what you should be doing based on what, like somebody else's construct, and you do that long enough, right? And you identify, you sort of lose your identity identity in your career and you know other things um when you follow what everyone tells you you should do and suddenly you stop and say okay what do I want who am I and you don't have the answers mm -hmm. 
And so then you have to take a step back and just say, like, what do I want? Like, what do I value? What's interesting to me? And it's also hard, too, because, again, society is like, you need to move up the ladder. You need to keep growing. You need to do all these things. This is the title you want. This is the prestige you want. Like, these are the things. And so you work really hard to get there, um, to get there to say, oh, this is what it is. Like, oh, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back down that fucking ladder. <laughs> but then, like, what do you want? Right, because it's it's like it's so easy for other people to tell you what to do, but when you have to figure it out for yourself, there's a lot of yeah. self reflection and questions. And I think one of the more interesting exercises I did was this, you know, future visioning. Tell me more. Well, it, I, I've been trying to do all the exercises. If someone had given it to me, you know, it's it's it starts off kind of like. What are your values? What do you care about? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, who are the people that support you in your life? Sort of taking assessment of things. When are you most happy? Um, you know, would have been your highest career highs and lowest career lows. But then it's really like, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And like, what? And yes. and like, but the way the questions are asked, because it's always hard. Like, you know. Bring me in five years. I don't know. Like we just went through. A I don't know where I'm going to be in five minutes. Like you never know. But it's more like when do you want to retire? Like what do you want to do you when you retire? Where are you going to live? You know, what are you? What will you have accomplished? Like there's just kind of these questions that when you start to think you know, further down the road, then the steps to get there feel less overwhelming because right now from where I am that next step feels so high and so unattainable I'm like I don't even know what that is but I can envision you know when I'm retired and sitting on a beach somewhere whatever like I can I can envision that and you're like okay well the pathway to get there till I get to that moment feels less daunting and overwhelming you know and because there's gonna be a lot of steps along the way See, when you say that to me, it's so it's so funny how our brains work, right? Because for you, that's like common. For me, it's like, yeah, I can I can say what I would want to do. Like, I, I want to live on the beach when I retire or, you know, eventually. It might not be when I retire. If I say that and I'm envisioning this future for myself and then I have to work my way back, all it does is give me this massive anxiety of like, I'm way too late to even be like, I'm so late. I'm not going to get there. Like, that's where my brain goes. You're not late. We're not late. I mean, no. I fucking, I fucking turned 40 this year and I'm already feeling like I'm way too, like I'm, I'm late to life. You're not too late. You're, I mean, you're not. I think that's my, I think it is my just fear reaction. No, and I. I get, I get that, but I mean, like, biggest advice is define for yourself, you know, today, in the future, way in the future, like, what are the things that are going to matter to you? Like, what are those moments, th those accomplishments that will matter 
to you, right? Because you and I are similar. You're like, what boxes do I need to check? Mm -hmm. Like, really, like, what are those things? And even if you're like, yes, I want to check this box, but like, this is the subset, like, this is the unique component of it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, define, and <laughs> this is advice when I'm still working through it myself, but like, the, you know, short term, midterm, long term, like, ideals of of it doesn't have to be necessarily well this is gonna be my title and where i'm working but like this is the things i'm going to accomplish every day or this is you know the the goal i'm gonna have or whatever and just each day take a step towards that and it doesn't mean like i think part of what we're struggling right now with is like it seems like this big empty like vast like unknown and the unknown like i can't even visualize what i want mm -hmm. today but i can visualize what i want 15 20 years from now and that actually makes the vast unknown feel less because like there is this point that i can see mm -hmm. across the ether other whatever we say and yeah i mean i, I don't know it just kind of the funny thing is I haven't talked to my husband about any of this. I was like, we should do this together because I'm setting up plans for 20 years from now and I hope you're on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to make things harder like in our own head, like build them up. It's like a bigger and bigger thing, um, which is what I think I'm doing now about just reaching out to people and starting those conversations. Like I've made it too big of a task that I keep putting off versus... Okay, Christy, like reach out to five people today, five people and see who responds and what they respond with. And then maybe change the message, reach out to five people tomorrow, you know, and just, it's, I don't, it just gets started. Yeah. I think to the reaching out to people, you said it before, it's because you don't know the ask. And I was going to ask, do you want to go back and work in a nine to five company capacity and go work for someone else yes okay so you know for a legitimate reason and a ego reason i mean i think but um i like i i love the um, you know advising a bunch of different companies and like getting my hands and you know all these different situations mm -hmm. i mean that's been really fun but it's most stuff i was doing at elevate too and i would hope yeah. a job where i could continue doing that the insulting work's been really great too it's kind of fun to just come in and like work on a problem and then be able to to take a step back but i care too much like it's hard not to be like more invested in that um and in, in solving the problem and like executing and making stuff happen. And so I think for for me, the structure of having kind of like a nine to five job, like go up yeah. every day, like having the meetings, all of that is an environment that I thrive in. Um, and like being able to go deep, you know, like I can go, you know, macro and long term but i love kind of figuring out like what does that mean 
strategically and day to day. And like, that's to me, that's fun. And like really seeing that happen, um, the growth and the change and the evolution. So I want to be more, I mean, <laughs> each of my stories of leaving a company is like, I cared so much, I cared so much. And then it really hurt to leave, but I do care a lot. Uh, I put a lot into those things and the relationships and being part of a team. Like I miss being part of a team. But when I say the ego thing, yeah, like, and I and I know this, but it's I want like that next title on my resume, um, mm-hmm. that next company, that next like as much as I've talked today about societal norms around this, like I don't know who defined progression of our careers. Like I'm still on that track, um, and it's I guess how it always seen myself like I'd always envisioned myself continuing to to grow in my career in that way so yeah I mean it may not be you know fortune 50 company but I do see myself nine to five doesn't even have to be like I don't have a ton of ego you know I just want to like around like the titles and stuff like that but it's just like, like finding a place where I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm challenged, I can create change, I believe in the mission, and I'm working with good people. Preferably tech. I think ed tech and health tech stuff is interesting right now. Um, things that, you know, personally been affected by. But I don't know, you know? I'm still struggling with that question. What do you think? I don't know. I And the reason I asked that is because a lot of what you've said is about building stuff. It's because, and because I know you, like, and like, I would, I would be hard pressed to see you working in a, this big, like, corporate environment or anything like that. Like, you, you know, like, it, it, it would be hard for me to, to envision this. So I think it was that why I was asking, because a lot of what you were saying, and I, and I know you're doing the consulting, and I know you're advising, and you're on boards, and it just there's an aspect of it that I could see you kind of going and doing your own thing. Um, not necessarily being a, which is, I think the same, the same issue I'm dealing with. I don't want to be a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if I want to be a consultant and just be, you know, kind of on my own. Cause I like solving more complex mm-hmm. problems, but I also don't know if I want to be if I if I want to be employed in in work for someone else, and I think for me, I had it so good for so long with the people I worked with. Mm-hmm. Like I loved our team so much that I don't know how good I would adapt to somewhere that I can't build, that I can't be instrumental in building the culture yeah. because we have such a good culture. Yeah. I don't know. It's really fascinating. I mean, I've talked to like a bunch of, you know, VCs and investors about coming into their portfolio companies and, um, you know, as a co-founder or like, you know, taking on a CEO role, if maybe the founder is more like product or tech or something like that. And that's an option, but like Early stage is, is, I'll be honest, like early stage, I've done early, really early stage, like pre-seed seat before. And I, there's a lot of trial and error to get clarity on like where you're going. 
And I don't always love the uncertainty and the just like constant pivots, right? I mean, I want to see progress and to execute. Um, so, and you have to be really invested in what that company and that product is. You really have to believe. Yeah. Because that early stage, like you need to drink, I mean, every stage, but like definitely then like drink the Kool-Aid and believe in it so much that you will will it to happen. You'll make it happen. Yeah. So it's like finding the right, thing right but i have as do you like a ton of experience of building companies from you know implementing healthcare and financial and like all of this stuff and like like we got our hands dirty and you know really um it's it's kind of like you know a little bit about a lot of things yeah being a general and I would like I've had a, yes a number of people are like just do your own thing. The hardest challenge for many founders is they don't know any of that stuff. Like they have a vision, but like mm-hmm. they don't know any of the stuff that ends up, you know, derailing them or taking too much time. You know all of that stuff. So you know that you're already at an advantage. But then it's well, what what problem do I want to solve? Like, what do I want to build? And I have mm-hmm. ideas, um, but none that have really landed on. Like I have, I I know the problem. Actually, a problem I want to solve that I do know what it is, but I don't know how to solve it. And so I think until I land on that, like I don't know if maybe that's the people you have to talk to. Maybe that's your listening tour. Yeah, I don't know people who can help you solve that a problem. Learn more about it. I don't know what the problem is or anything, but like just in general, I think you're limiting when you're say about asking and talking to people, you might be limiting yourself to asking and talking to people about a job that they might help you get Mm -hmm. instead of like exploring something that might be a little different. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. That's, that's absolutely fair. It's a way of getting, and, and honestly, it's a way of just getting the wheels turning. Yeah. It's like once you have that aha moment, you know, like, okay. Like, you don't have to have it all figured out. Or you get 100% like how you're solving the problem, but you need to, you need to be like on the right track. Like, okay, this is interesting. And um, right now, it all feels very uninspiring, maybe the revenue model or monetization strategy. So, I don't know. Like, the world is your oyster. But that sucks, though. I, I want to eat oysters. I don't want the world to be my oyster yeah. yet. You find the pearl inside. But, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, we can, we can talk about it. We can brainstorm. Yeah. That's what you need collaborators for. Exactly. And that, so in that sense, I also am like, I want, I don't want to work on my own all the time. I Honestly, I really have fun doing this type of thing. I, and that's, you know, the world has changed a lot. I mean, it used to be being an entrepreneur was, you know, which it still is, but being an entrepreneur is, you know, opening up a restaurant or store or, mm-hmm. or you know, barber shop or um, my dad is a dentist, like he's an entrepreneur. But and like everyone else was sort of, yes, like corporate America, like work your way up. And now you can do anything, you know, you can be a solopreneur, you can 
learn, you know, new skills and monetize your skills, you can, yeah, create media and content uh, that's you can make a living off of. You can, you know, you could have like six different jobs mm-hmm. and just like kind of more gig economy stuff. I mean, it, it's it's changed a lot and it's sort of figuring out like what works for you and what inspires you. And I think it's also not getting in your way. That's sort of for the longest time, we worked that corporate ladder path and we talked about it a lot. And so you need to to fuck the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Is this really what works for me or something else? And you don't know unless you try. Right. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Yes. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out. We'll make it work. Somehow. <laughs> we always do. We always do. We always do. We have, I mean, that shit we figured out. We uh, get shit done without freaking out. We get shit done without freaking out. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. One of our values until someone made us take the word shit out of it. Bastards. I guess I was, maybe I was still reeling for that when I uh, decided to name my show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. And it's always good to catch up. And like this podcast, it matters, right? We need to normalize, you know, leaving our jobs and talking about the uncertainty and the unknowing and, you know, everything that goes along with it. Um, And, you know, just make space for this because we live in a world, like we said, you know, predefined social structures and, anxiety around you know what we think we're supposed to be doing versus you know what we determine to do for ourselves and um we i think we lose a lot of time in life focusing too much on uh, what others want us to be and um not what we want to be you know and you don't might not know it today or tomorrow or you know six months from now but take the time to figure that out you know who you are and what matters and you know what we figure it out and we might have to figure it out again because mm-hmm. we're constantly changing. Yeah. Um, I did those like five personality tests and I kept being like, I don't know, maybe next year I want to be something else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Still figuring that out. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you. No, thank you. This was great. Thank you for listening to Shit, I Just Quit My Job. I hope you found this conversation useful and inspiring and maybe got a laugh or some ideas out of it. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to me. Please share with your friends.